It's great to be back with you today. If we haven't met before, my name is Adam and I'm one of the pastors here. And today we're continuing with the series that we've been in for a couple of months, looking at the first church in order to remember the mission and purpose for our church today. Now, living, in, living here in Silicon Valley, the land of startups, I can't help but think of the first church through this lens. It was a startup. Maybe they didn't make a pitch to venture capitalists or cover their MacBooks with stickers or pay ungodly amounts of rent for a small apartment, uh, but they were a startup. And I don't have to tell you this, startups are hard. According to Forbes, 90% of startups eventually fail. For every Airbnb, a $10 billion company that started with three guys renting mattresses, there are nine other startups with creators who now sleep on mattresses in their parents' basement. It's hard. Startups, organizations, teams, groups, clubs, and churches fail for different reasons. Today, we're going to look at one of those reasons. The first church faced it, and it's an obstacle that we face today in our church and in our lives. And the obstacle comes down to a choice. In any organization or institution, we have a choice. We can either care more about the mission or we can care more about our ego. I'll say it in another way. We can either neglect our, the mission of our group, organization, or church, or we can neglect our ego. I played football when I was young. Don't laugh. <laughs> the first day of sixth grade, the school was forming the team, and the coach looked at us and said, before we start practice, let's find out what position all of you play. And I was excited because I was a quarterback. I was curious what positions the other kids would play. And the first kid raised his hand, and he said, quarterback. And I thought, that's fine. Every team needs a backup quarterback. No big deal. And another kid raised his hand and said, yeah, me too. I'm a quarterback. The entire line of kids, one after another, declared quarterback as their position and role. Regardless of weight, height, or gifting, we would be the first football team consisting of only quarterbacks. Now, of course, it makes sense. Whether you like sports or not, I'm guessing if I say the name Tom Brady, you know that he's a famous quarterback. But if I say the name Matt Light, I'm guessing you wouldn't know that he was one of Brady's offensive linemen. And he was also a part of winning multiple Super Bowls uh, with the role of keeping Tom Brady alive. I'm also guessing some of you won't even know what an offensive lineman is. Uh, quarterbacks are famous and esteemed and revered. People buy their jerseys. The press follows them. Kids want to be them. Uh, some women on staff have told me the quarterback here in San Francisco is, is quite easy on the eyes, quite handsome, uh, to which I reminded them that lust is expressly forbidden in the Bible, and they reminded me that I should mind my own business. Uh, the reality, though, is quarterback is only one position of many on a team. Every team wants to win the championship. That's the mission. On this mission, they face the choice. Some teams figure out how to lay down egos and self-centered desires and collectively strive for the mission. Others lose the mission and instead consist of players concerned about personal accomplishments and achievements. We all have this choice, this tension. We want to be a part of something great, something that changes the world. We want to be a part of a group that makes a difference and has a compelling mission. We want to leave a legacy that is beyond the typical life. But doing this requires sacrifice, a laying down of our own needs and desires. I mean, how many legendary bands have broken up because of egos? How many companies, how many marriages, 
and families. And what is an ego? Ego pushes and wrestles for position and rank. Ego lifts me and my purposes up. And one time, two of Jesus' disciples, realizing his power, asked Jesus to grant them the request of giving them roles and positions of power and honor, to sit at his right and left hand in glory. And Jesus responded by telling them, whoever wants to be first must be a servant of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Ego props up my agenda, my desires, my status. But it's as if Jesus says, our egos are going to get in the way of what he wants to accomplish, his mission. The author Ryan Holiday puts it like this in his brilliant book, Ego is the Enemy. He says, ego is what keeps you from helping others thrive. This is our mission as a church, to help the Bay Area and beyond to flourish, to thrive. If our church is ever gonna be successful in this mission, we have to lay down our egos. If we care about the mission, we have to neglect our ego. And the question we have to ask is, which one do we care about the most, the mission or my own ego? So uh, let's go to Acts and let's see how this played out for the first church. And so we're going to be in Acts chapter six. Uh, Let's look at this together. And we see in verse one, now during those days when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. So we see that the small band of Jesus followers was growing. And with growth comes problems. We have this tendency to think that once our church or our organization or Etsy shop reaches a certain number of people, we'll be good to go. But in reality, this growth just creates a whole new set of problems. The specific problem here is is this. The Jewish nation had a beautiful and great sense of responsibility for the under-resourced and less fortunate. And so they'd take collections of money and goods and would distribute these collections out to those who needed food and meals. It was such a powerful act of service. And the early church was doing this as well. But there was a rift. There are two kinds of Jews in the Christian church. There's Hellenistic Jews who only spoke Greek and Palestinian Jews who spoke Aramaic. And what we see here is that because of this rift in language barrier, one of the group's widows were being neglected serving the under-resourced. This was a part of the mission of this early church and it was being neglected. So something had to be done. So let's continue. And the 12 called together the whole community of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. And the word neglect here is the Greek word katalepo, which means to leave behind to forsake, to abandon. The choice was to leave behind and forsake the mission and word of God or leave behind and neglect the important work of feeding the under-resourced. And choosing what to neglect, this is a vital choice we all have to make. And here's what the disciples chose. Therefore, friends, select among you, uh, among yourselves, seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and a wisdom whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word. 
And what they said pleased the whole community. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, uh, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, and his friend Pumbaa. Sorry, I'm a dad. I make dad jokes. Uh, Parmenas, Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. And they had these men stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So you see what's happening here? Now there's a conversation about roles and positions. The 12 disciples made a bold move that could have easily gone south. They chose to remove themselves from the day-to-day management of food distribution to the under-resourced. They realized that the priority, priority for them was to devote themselves to prayer and serving the word. They needed to remove themselves from the food role and assign others to these positions. Now think about organizations or groups you've been a part of. What are some ways this could have gone differently? The 12 could have refused to let go of control. How many bosses or leaders have you seen that refuse to delegate because of the desire for control and management, refuse to let go of power because of egos? This is my thing. I can't trust anyone else with it. Now, the community, they could have said, who do you think you are? You're our leaders. We don't need you praying all day and twiddling your thumbs. Do your job. How many times have we demanded that our leaders do it all instead of taking responsibility ourselves? A mission requires everyone to own it. Now, Stephen and his crew, they could have said, no, thanks. I don't want to be a food manager. I want to preach the word. I want to lead this deal. I want followers. I want to be the quarterback of the disciples. We've seen these responses in churches, in companies, in relationships, Egos loudly shout out, what about me? This is not what I want. I want a different title or role or status. But what do we see here with the first church? They cared about something greater. Their eyes were focused beyond their egos. So we see this in verse seven. The word of God continued to spread. The number of the disciples increased greatly. This was the mission. This was the goal and the purpose for the number of disciples to increase. And this mission was so important, they were willing to neglect their own needs and preferences. And this is what we're talking about in the church when we talk about being servants. We lay down our own needs and we serve God. We serve his church and we serve our community. This is what the first church became known for, serving others. In the past few months, our church has had to make some hard decisions, uh, decisions on what to neglect and forsake for the sake of our mission. One of these decisions was to have our cafe venue uh, return back to the Menlo Park campus. The cafe has been a vibrant and pioneering community that I've pastored for the past year. And the cafe was the first step in Menlo becoming a multi-site church. The first step in our strategy to make smaller campuses focused on hospitality and casual environments. A few weeks ago, we had a Zoom call with some cafe volunteers telling them this news about the change. And in it, one of these volunteers named Shirley talked about serving and what it means to neglect and forsake our own desires for a greater mission. So I wanted you to hear from her. So I was able to interview her last week. Uh, So check this out. 
Well, Shirley, thank you so much for joining us uh, today, talking to your church family across the different campuses. And I got to tell you, Shirley, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but it was always such a joy to talk to you after services at the cafe. Uh, I was just always envious of, of your vibrancy and energy. I was like, how do I get the same energy that you have. So I've, I've just always uh, loved chatting with you and I, I'm excited to to let you chat with our, our church family a little bit. So first, just to let people know you a little more if they haven't met you is, uh, you know, how long have you been at Menlo? What ways have you served in your time here? Well, I've been at Menlo for 40 years. We joined on my husband's birthday, June 15th, 1980. Uh, that's why I can always remember it. Um, it's been a long, wonderful journey. I have served as an elder twice. Uh, there was one other thing I did in the very beginning. Bob Munger was still on staff when I joined the church. I don't know if that name's familiar to anyone. It will be to a few. And um, he had started a prayer chain that uh, had, had somewhat needed revitalizing. So I was very interested in prayer and I got involved in that. And I want to tell this congregation that to this day, I'm on the prayer chain. To this day, Jerry Ferguson, who joined me at that point, continues to take prayers and put them out. And what dedication and what a service that has been to so many. So if anyone wants to become a member of that prayer chain, we'd be thrilled to have you. Well, I, the main question I, I wanted to to bring up to you and, and let you share a little bit about, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were in a Zoom meeting together with some other core cafe uh, members and volunteers. And and we're, we've had to make a, a hard decision as a church to uh, move cafe back to Menlo Park. And, it, and you just shared a word um, with us on that Zoom call. And it was so inspiring and meaningful to me. I wrote down something you said, uh, you said this this phrase, lifting ourselves above our own needs. And that just touched me so much. And it really goes into what we're talking about this weekend. So can you speak in uh, to this for our entire church? And, and what does this look like? And how can we all do this more? Well, the opportunity is there every single day. Um, as someone said in a sermon, uh, several years ago, the word retirement is not in the Bible. <laughs> and the word, uh, the words that say, uh, just worry about yourself are also not in the Bible. <laughs> so after my husband passed on three years ago, um, I thought, well, I'm entitled to be retired. I've worked hard. We've raised a family. It's time for me to just sit and read books and do what Shirley wants to do. But then, as God has the habit of doing, he started nudging me out of the blue to rethink my Stephen ministry thoughts. And um, Stephen ministers are, retrained, are trained in spiritual ministry, not in counseling of, you know, more professional counseling. But we're trained to become a listening, which was a good challenge for Shirley, because Shirley tends to be a little on the verbose side. <laughs> Um, to learn to listen, but to be a channel for God. And I want to tell all of you who may be listening today that um, during this pandemic, I have been able to consider, uh, frankly, uh, listening and having this opportunity to walk beside someone else as a channel for God 
has been a gift that has made it a plus for me. It has done one other thing, and it's what I was really trying to say when I mentioned that to you, Adam. Uh, it has enabled me to lift myself above my own circumstances. I'm widowed. I'm alone in my apartment. I don't have anybody to talk to every day. I can't look and say, oh, my gosh, what do you think of these fires? Aren't they just devastating? I can't tell you how much I gain from putting aside my own, yes, my own selfish uh, feelings and reaching out to others. Um, so between the care receiver that I now am working with and finding just tremendous warmth and, res and response from her and from reaching out to someone like Ron who lost his home. And I live here at the V, which is a senior facility. And so I, I do things like I, I grow roses and I just cut a, a bunch and I will take some down to a lady that is older than I and pretty isolated, really. Hmm. She used to grow roses and she wow. loves the roses. So you see, it doesn't take much uh, creativity to um, take yourself above your own circumstances right now and, and, and bring a little joy into someone else's life. Did you catch it? It's not complicated, but it goes against our wiring. We, we look beyond our own needs to the needs of others. She takes roses to a friend in order to make her friend's day, a small way to serve this friend. And this is one of the ways you and I can serve others. You know, here at the church constantly, we get prayer requests and we hear about people who are having a harder time in the pandemic than they might be letting on. Uh, trying to work from home, manage kids' homeschool needs, all while being isolated. It's creating anxiety and depression in many of us. Maybe for some of us, neglecting our ego and our needs might look like dropping off a coffee on a friend's porch or writing a letter to a fellow parent, encouraging and praying for them. Uh, maybe it's dropping off flowers to a single mom or toys for a neighbor's isolated kids. Sometimes serving is simple, but requires us to look out for the needs of others. Are there people in your life group that can use a simple act of service? Someone in your neighborhood, in your extended family. Now, another way to serve is through giving time, resources, and energy to our local communities. Throughout November and December, our church is participating in what we call Serve Your City. We have 21 projects across the Bay Area, in which we're partnering with local agencies to help serve the under-resourced and spread hope and love. Now, one of these projects is a collaboration with our partner, Mobilize Love, which uses a truck that our church purchased to distribute over 300 holiday meals uh, to a San Francisco Bay, uh, Bayview neighborhood. Volunteers will help with food and clothing and grocery distribution uh, for Mobilized Love food and laundry trucks. And one of our mission directors, Jadine, uh, was visiting uh, Mobilized Love last week. And she met a lady named Judy, who is like the matriarch of this Bayview Street. And they call her the OG. If you're not familiar with the term, it means original gangster, <laughs> like a legend who, who, who's been around forever. Uh, for example, Frank Vanderswan is sort of the OG of Menlo Church. Uh, he came on staff uh, 140 years ago when the church started. <laughs> so we, we can call him original gangster Vanderswan. I think he'd love that. 
Uh, Judy received a hygiene kit last year from our church made by some of you. And she opened it. She got a handmade card with a prayer on it. And she said that it was the best thing she got all year. And she loved it so much that she framed it and put it on her wall. Sometimes it's the simple acts of service that make the biggest impact. I love this mission partner because they're doing almost exactly what the first church was doing in Acts. They're going directly to our neighbors and taking care of them. And there are, t- there are tons of great projects you can sign up for. Uh, registration actually opens today. Uh, you can go to menlo.church slash serve your city, or you can click the button in the chat to sign up. Maybe this is something you can do with your life group. Uh, You can pick a project and sign up together uh, to uh, do some masked uh, social distance serving as a community. So we can either neglect our egos or neglect the mission, catalepo, to leave behind, to forsake and abandon. Another way to say this is to die. Die to self. Die to self to our attachments and our identities. Dirk Willems uh, lived in the 1500s in Europe. He was a follower of Jesus living in a period where his tribe was being persecuted and executed. And Willems was caught and put in prison. He escaped this prison by letting himself out of a window uh, with rope made of knotted rags and he dropped onto the ice uh, that covered the moat below. And a prison guard saw him escaping and chased after him. And Willems ran across the frozen moat and made it safely to the other side. But as the guard was chasing him, he broke through the ice and he fell into the frozen moat and he cried out for help. And in this moment, Willems had a choice. He could choose to neglect this man and run to safety. Or he could choose to do the unthinkable neglect himself, neglect everything his nature was telling him, neglect his own will, neglect his own freedom, neglect his own life. And this is what he chose. He went back and he pulled the guard out of the ice and he saved his life. Of course, this not being a fairy tale, the guard led him back to the prison where he was placed in wooden leg stocks. And soon afterwards, he was burned to death. He gave his life for the sake of another. The next chapter of Acts, Stephen, the same man who laid down his ego to help wait on tables and serve the under-resource, began spreading the word of Jesus, performing signs and wonders, and he was seized by the authorities. After giving a legendary speech about the good news, he refused to deny Jesus and he was stoned to death. He gave his life for the mission of Jesus. Disciple after disciple spread out from the first church with the mission, one after another. They died for this mission. When we look at the first church, we're reminded what this deal is all about. It's not about worship concerts, book studies. It's not about our politician getting into office or us winning a Facebook argument. It's a call, a call to die. Jesus told his disciples, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. 
for those who want to save their life will lose it. Those who want to lose their life for my sake will find it. This is our call to lay down our lives, to lay down our pride. Imagine if a group of people in the Bay Area gave up titles in the pursuit of climbing the ladder to give their lives for others. Imagine if a group of people in America consisting of Democrats and Republicans neglected their political identities, refused to fight, and instead served each other. Imagine if a group cared more about a mission of love than being correct theologically. Imagine if a group cared more for the poor than having nice buildings or houses. Imagine if a group fought for racial justice, not because it was trendy, but because they believe every human was made in the image of God. God and is worth dying for. Imagine if a group cared less about who is in the role of president and more about who is in the role of king. Imagine if a group cared less about the United States and more about becoming a united sisterhood and brotherhood of global disciples. Imagine if a group cared more about introducing people to the grace, the beauty, and transformation of Jesus than their own agenda and plans. Imagine if if a group cared more about saving the lives of others than saving their own livelihood. This kind of group might start a revolution. This kind of group would draw people from all walks of life. This kind of group could rehabilitate the name of the church. This, this is a group I could give my life to. This is a group I want to be a part of. If we don't neglect our ego, we will neglect our mission. If we're going to put first things first, we have to put ourselves last. So may we be known for our sacrificial love. May we give up our needs and desires and roles to serve others. May we die to our egos. And may we forsake ourselves for the sake of the mission.